Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. Today, we are joined by a beautiful guest for another guest episode in the Manifest and Meetup podcast series. I love how we are kicking through with this. So many different manifestors sharing so many different stories and so many different aspects of their wisdom. I personally am blown away. And I'm really, really thrilled that today we are joined by not only an amazing manifestor, but also a fellow Australian. So now you get double the Australian accent in today's episode. Woohoo! <laughs> For the Australian voices, bringing it to the world. Today, I am joined by the gorgeous Sonia Babistock. She is a social media and business coach. She is just going to drop so much wisdom on us about creating an online presence, magnetic storytelling. It's going to be so powerful, especially for those of you who are in business and really wanting to utilize that manifest energy and leverage that in, in business and in social media. Sonia, thank you so much for joining us. I'm thrilled to have you here. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I am stoked to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so like, let's start off with the Australianisms. Oh, we're going right. immediately. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's awesome. All right. Bring it on. Yes. <laughs> People are going to need a dictionary after this yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This, these show notes will come with a glossary of Australian slang. You're welcome. <laughs> we're taking over the world. I swear to God. That's what we're doing. 100%. Here. Yeah. <laughs> So, Sonia, can you tell people a little bit about who you are, what kind of work you do, um, and can you tell us what your design is? Yeah, absolutely. So, hi, everybody. My name is Sonia, and I live in Australia, obviously. Um, <laughs> as Holly mentioned, I am a social media and a business coach, and I work predominantly with women in business, so female entrepreneurs. And really my zones of magic are storytelling, expression, visibility, and community. So a lot of the work I do is around mindset, energetics, and organic strategy. Um, every, and a lot of it has to do with the way that they're running their business, the way they structure their business, their offerings, and also a lot of it is their online presence. Mm-hmm. So that's been my jam. That's my background. I'm self-taught, self-built, and uh, it really does come quite naturally to me. So that's the kind of avenue that I've chosen to like walk down and, and pave my path down. And I am obviously a manifester. I am, and I never know how to say this, if it's splenic or splenic. I don't know how to say it. Splenic. <laughs> we're again. Australians. We're splenic, honey. Yes. No splenic, splenic around here. Yeah. No splenic. <laughs> so I'm a manifester with splenic authority and I am a 4-6 profile. Woohoo, 20, 20 profiles. Yes, I love it. So good. Yeah. How did you fall into this pathway of business? How did that kind of happen for you? You literally just used the right words right there. (laughs) You fell in, yeah. Pretty much my whole life I have fallen into things and like have figured it out and made it work. So it, it really sort of started way back in 2013. I was in a, I was in the corporate world and uh, we were going through a, like a corporate takeover and the company that I was working for went from 85 people to six and I was one of the six left standing and it was at that time that I was like 
you know, how you, when you go into like a crazy situation like that, you, you kick into either like, is it fight or flight or freeze? And I froze, I stayed put for some reason. And so my husband was like, you need something for you. And at the time I was a real avid blog reader. I loved blogs. That was at a time when blogs were really thriving. And I used to read all my favorites every single day and comment on them and interact with my favorite bloggers on social media every single day. And my husband was like, why don't you start your own blog? You need something for you. And this is coming from a guy who isn't even on social media. I was like, <laughs> okay, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> so I was like, all right. So I did, I did. And, you know, I really feel like when we have these pivotal moments in our lives, they teach us a lesson. There's a lesson, there's a gift, and there's a meaning and a learning in it that we can then use later they become our stories and we can then use them to help other people later right so at the time that was just like the most magic lesson in community for me because when I started this blog I had an instant band of cheerleaders there promoting me sharing me with their communities and as soon as I launched it I had an instant following I had an instant readership and I built it organically from there and I ran that blog for about seven years and built that online community to over it was over 35,000 people I had in my social community on like my mailing list in my readership like it was an amazing beautiful community completely organically built um and I just loved the vibe of it. And during that time, I ran it as a part-time business because I was still in the corporate world. And um, during that time, within the first two years of launching my blog, I was signed by a blogging agency. I worked on um, incredible national campaigns with some massive multinational brands, as well as lots and lots and lots of small local businesses as well, because I really loved being able to support them. It was a fashion and lifestyle blog. So that was really fun. And yeah, then during that time, I switched from my old job. I was then headhunted for a new role at a different company and they had created that role for me because they had identified a gap in their organisational structure and one of my friends was working for that company at the time and she said, I know someone who will be amazing for this. And the role that was created was a media and communications manager and I had no corporate experience in it. I had no qualifications, so no university degree or anything in communications. I had other qualifications, but not those. They hired me because of my blog. Mm. I had an online portfolio of my writing. I had social proof of my ability to engage with people online and cultivate a community and grow and nurture an online community. So I jumped into that new role and basically my job was corporate storytelling every single day. So writing articles, press releases, newsletters, all that kind of thing. Uh, so that was, that was an amazing experience. Um, but I knew immediately that this was not going to be long-term. And I was actually incredibly upfront, like with my, with that new company as well. I remember telling the CEO, I'm like, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So <laughs> let's make the most of this. But I had absolutely no idea what was coming next. And it was about a year into that new job that I started to entertain the idea of working for myself. I had never, ever thought of being an entrepreneur until I was 32 years old. Mm. And so... I was like, okay, if I was to work for myself, what would that look like? What do I know? What can I do really easily and natural? What comes naturally? What do, what do people want to take me out for coffee for and pick my brains over? And it was social media. And so I was like, okay, so how could I just do this? How could I just get started? And so I started as a social media manager. And so I was doing it for other people. And so I just very quietly just started having conversations with some friends and all of a sudden I had a client and then I had another client and then another one and then another one and within five months of just that initial conversation I'd reached the point where I was able to leave my corporate job and jump into my business full-time and that was four years ago and from there six months into the business I had people starting to approach me asking for coaching they wanted to learn how to do it for themselves and then that's where I discovered my love of coaching was I fell into that. So literally I fell, I've fallen into all sorts of corporate roles. I fell into my blog and I fell into my business and I fell into coaching. And now here we 
Yeah. <laughs> it's very splenic. It's very splenic. I think a lot of splenic people, even outside manifestors, you know, when we're talking about um, splenic projectors as well, we have this sort of journey of, of well, like things just found us. I just sort of like fell off the cliff into that particular place and it, it was really good and it worked really well. And what I love about that story is that it shows that where you start is is nowhere near where you end. And often in business, you know, I'm, I have a deep passion and a deep love for business. And I've been in business in all of its many forms for this is my 14th year in business. And I love working in business in the online space. It's different. It's different to brick and mortar business. It's different to consultancy business, right? It's different to service-based business. But, you know, I, I find in working with people in business in this space for so long now is that people have an expectation coming into business, particularly manifestors, right? Because we have this desire to own our own space, to be able to initiate our own things, to do it in our own way. And we place this mandate on ourselves of, I have to know exactly where I'm going and how I'm getting into this thing and how it's going to look and how it's going to be successful. Because if I can do that, then it won't be so scary, right? It minimizes the chance of failure. And when we release that when we actually just allow ourselves to just organically flow through whatever comes up be willing to release old versions of your business as soon as they don't fit you anymore move into something different because it creates something beautiful it creates something insane and even though you know from the outside like social media is such an illusion right such a such a crazy trip because from the outside it looks like this is what you've been doing all along. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I haven't been doing human design all along. I mean, this is probably my, I don't know, my 27,000th iteration of business at this point in time. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you can't be successful in doing Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm so glad you bring this up because it's at this point in my story that I'm only just sort of coming out the other side of this particular chapter of my business, which I know is going to become such a huge part of my story and a huge part of my business moving forward and what I teach and what I share with the world. Last year, I got to about June of 2020 and I was burnt out. I had been running my business for three years in a way that I thought I should be running it and doing things that other people wanted me to do. And I'd literally just taken my old default mode of workhorse from the corporate world and brought it with me into my business. But I didn't recognize it at the time because it looked different, right? Mm -hmm. It had a different like outfit on, but it was still a freaking workhorse. And so I got to June last year and I was so burnt out. I was a shell of myself. And I remember having this really tearful conversation with one of my best friends. And she was like, Sonia, you have to burn it to the ground. And I was like, you are absolutely right. Mm -hmm. And so in July last year, I made some really tough calls and I closed down a beautiful membership. I had 60 women from all around the world in this membership. I closed that down and I, I shut down any group programs and offerings I was doing and All I stuck with was one-on-one coaching to be able to keep my business ticking along because I didn't want to shut the doors down completely. Also, real talk, like I had bills to pay, right? I still want to contribute to my family and like be able to pay my way through life and a girl's got to eat and girl's got to live. Um, And so I was just supporting like a small handful of one-on-one coaching clients in that time. And I am forever grateful for those women because like we went through the trenches together in that time. And I took a really massive step away from my business and the way that I was showing up and what I was doing. And I took that time and I thought it was going to be a month and it ended up being six months of a deep inner winter where I was really tending to myself. I sought support from numerous different coaches to help me with different aspects of me. And I was looking after myself and actually looking at myself as Sonia, the human being for the first time, probably in my entire life and asking myself some really tough questions like, what do I actually want? What am I no longer available for? And what do I want my life and my business to look like now? And so 
I have been saying lately, I've been saying this year in 2021, that I see this as a new era in my business. This is a new chapter for me in my business. So yes, I just celebrated my four year, my business's fourth birthday recently, but in actual fact, I'm only into the sixth month of this new era of my business. And so I am like having to really reframe, rewire, reprogram myself to not have the same crazy lofty expectations and demands of myself that I had in the previous iteration of my business that I that I'm now in a new place. I'm in a new space. I'm doing things differently. I'm leading myself in this new era of my business and I'm allowed to start again. And it's not starting again, but it's starting fresh and it's starting differently. And it's going to take some time to build and rebuild and, and create from here. And, and you know what? It's been the most freeing thing and it's been the most terrifying thing, but I know it has been the best thing for me. Mm, yes, I love hearing that. That so mirrors my own journey. It's so fascinating to hear somebody else represent that and speak to that and just allow me to be an objective observer. So thank you for sharing that. I had insights into my own experience through just listening to you talk. Um, and I think, you know, that's a, it's such a key part of how manifestors naturally operate in the business space, even before we understand that we're manifestors and, and before we even put things in the context of human design is that that is what we're always doing. We're always building things and then it doesn't feel correct to us anymore to, to stay there and hold it up and sustain it. So we burn it. We burn it down and we go back and we, we birth something new. So manifestors are always in this process of I'm in the newness. I'm in the new stages of this, right? Maybe it looks similar on the outside, but here behind the scenes, this is completely new. You know, and I love how you represent that, that you're four years into your business, that you're really only into the first six months. Yeah. And it's, that is, I think that that's really the fire of where the manifesto energy thrives. Yes, it's equal parts wonderful and terrifying. And it always will be. It always will be. And I, I feel that the sooner we can allow ourselves to just float into that and just lay back and kind of cruise down that river, the better we are with ourselves, the more successful we are, instead of trying to step into this model of, well, everybody else in business is able to build things to successful and then sustain it. So that's how I have to be able to do it. You're not here to do it the same as everyone else. You're here to do it the way that 9% of the population does it, which is not many. That's not many people. Yeah. So we, we are kind of wildcats. We are kind of weird. Yeah. We do, we do illogical things in the business space. Yeah, absolutely. And I have a really big vision for my business. It's way bigger than me and I know it's going to like outlive me. And so there is a lot there, right? There's a lot to it. It's massive. And so I see it as like everything I am doing between now, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, next decade, it's all building up to that. Mm. And I'm just such a big believer that like we're building it as we go. We're building it as we go. And I also believe that like whatever is happening for us in this moment, whatever our business looks like in this iteration, we are only ever given as much as we can create, receive and hold before we then expand into the next thing before we then reinvent and recreate and design something new, right? And so I just think if you subscribe to the school of thought that this is like a never-ending project, this is a life's work, it takes the pressure off. And it's like, mm. who cares if I just burnt that to the ground and now I'm doing this and I'm only six months into this and it feels like I'm starting again. And gosh, you know, the numbers aren't reflecting what, where I want them to be. And like, it's a bit of a struggle. It's a bit of a shit show, but hey, I'm still showing up and I'm still <laughs> doing the thing. And like, I'm still, I'm still being me and I'm still having the impact I want to have. It's building. I think if you can just see it's building and it all matters and it all plays a part, it just takes the pressure off a little bit and lets you just be your awesome manifest self. Yeah. What a beautiful perspective. And Every, every initiation will be a new expansion, 
right? You know, our creative urges are so unpredictable and they're so varied and sometimes you're going to create small things and sometimes you're going to create big things. But in my experience, there's sort of this cadence to it. There's sort of this rhythm where, um, you know, we'll create a few smaller things and get this sense of like security and certainty in ourselves and then we'll get a push to do something big and it will feel like this is the biggest thing that I've ever initiated, right? It's this like, I'm expanding outwards. I'm pushing the wall outwards. And then I have to do a big rest afterwards. And I'm really only up for small creations after this for a little while. And then the next big one, and they do, they really do grow on each other. They really do build on each other. And um, it gives us the opportunity then to reflect back and look at that whole pathway behind us that I think at the time we see it as, you know, like garbage, it's litter that we've left along the path, but it's actually not. Yeah, it's all it's all stepping stones. Yeah, it's its own it's its own road. Absolutely, absolutely. We just do it kind of strangely. Yeah, and this is exactly where I find myself right now. As I said, like I see I see twenty twenty one as the the beginning of a new chapter in my business, this new iteration. And what I've done so far is I've launched three group programs of shorter duration for me to like get back in the game, right? To step back into the arena again. And for me to start flexing my coaching and my teaching muscle and stepping back into my magic again and leading groups again. And it's like, yeah, this has been great. It's been such a good experience, but now exactly like you said, I feel something bigger building. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to need to take a pause and let that take shape and take form and then put that out into the world and deliver that. And I'm like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it all. I'm here for the little things. I'm here for the big things. And I'm here. And I love what you said. It's like when we look back, it's not litter on the path. It's actually glitter on the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quote that shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good there's your quotable for social media you're welcome (laughs) everybody write that down Mm -hmm. we just got an instagram post going Uh (laughs) uh-huh whereabouts in your journey did human design find you and how did you how did you initially receive that being a manifester yeah i only came across human design probably a couple of years ago now and referred through a friend Um, who's like I think you'd really dig this I think you need to check it out and I was like okay and like just like you know pranced into it thinking I was going to be a generator and then got the rude shock to discover I was a manifest I was like this test is broken it doesn't know who I am and then I was like because I was like how could I possibly be a trailblazer how could I possibly be this amazing initiator and this leader and then I was like wait a minute (laughs) I am yeah I kind of am no I'm not kind of am I am and so it has been this like you know tender little journey into just discovering more about me and what I've realized in this process and it's like it was really sparked by human design because it cast the spotlight on it was that I am obsessed with self-awareness I love self-awareness. I think it is the most powerful tool we can have in our toolkit as human beings for anything in life. The more deeply and intimately you know yourself, the more you can do with this life of yours. Yeah, that's very sixth line. I mean, we could like attach <laughs> attach that quote to the sixth line profile. <laughs> Every sixth line I've ever met is exactly the same. Um, because we do, we kind of have this fascination with consciousness, with life, with self. What does it all mean? How does it all fit together? Why are we here? What are we doing? And, it, and I often feel like as a, a four, six myself, sometimes it does come with those kind of rose-coloured glasses, right? That we get this sort of like dreaminess to... Oh, but I get to learn about myself and about other people. And this is amazing. And um, I, so I think that six lines naturally bring this sense of beauty to that self-awareness and that self-growth. And um, I also think that manifestors are uniquely pretty interested in ourselves. We sort of have this healthy narcissism about, <laughs> well, I, I know that I feel different. And I operate a bit differently to everyone. And I'm always keen for somebody to explain why. Yeah, I think most manifestors kind of have this universal experience of nothing's ever been able to sum me up before. I might have found myself reflected in bits and pieces in things, but I've never found a system or a label that identifies me fully. And 
most manifestors that I speak to say coming into human design, even though for some people it was a shock and a disruption, for other people it was an immediate validation, they're always it always kind of levels out to this place of, oh, I finally have labels. I finally have words that that represent me. Yeah, because as much as we don't want to label ourselves, and I am always super conscious to say to my clients and my community, use these tools as tools of self-awareness. Don't use them to define you or restrict you or hold you into it, like put you into a box and hold you down. It's here for you to get to know yourself better. And so you have words and ways of expressing yourself, of understanding yourself, of being able to relate to others and understand them better as well. It really is an empowerment tool more than anything. Mm. Yeah. And I, I, you know, a lot of people in human design are now starting to say this, which I think is great. And it's a, a healing that needs to take place in this space. But people are really coming around to this space of, if anything in human design or any other system ever feels limiting to you, let it go. Let it go. It's not a system that's designed to limit you, to put you in a box, to um, make you something that you feel like you are not. It's meant to be an experiment. It's meant to be expansive. So take what works for you and then leave the rest, which I think is just spot on for manifestors. We're like, oh, you mean I get to do what I want with this? Oh, cool. Well, I'm on board then. (laughs) You don't get to tell me what to do. Fantastic. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I say the same thing about social media and everything that I teach my clients is, you know, I have two different analogies and you can pick which one you like better. But I say to them, like, either you can see it like one giant ongoing science experiment where you get to tinker and you get to like play and see what comes out of it. You get to see the results and take that data and that information and like tweak it and use it from there. Or the other analogy that I like to use is see it as a giant walk-in closet. They're full of amazing outfits and accessories and you get to jump in there and pull things off the rack and try them on and see how they fit and feel for you and you keep what feels like you and you put the rest of it back on the rack for someone else. Mm, yes, that second analogy makes my undefined G-Center so happy. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm like, let's go shopping. <laughs> yes, oh, I could be any identity online. That's so cool. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and- you talk to us about um, what are these kind of core principles and ways that we can create a magnetic presence online? I think that that's such a struggle for so many people feeling like I've come online and I'm trying to make this space and I'm trying to get people to see me, but it's like crickets out here. How do we do that? How do we begin to, to cultivate that magnetic presence? Yeah. So I think definitely it comes back to self-awareness. So you really need to know yourself to stand out on social media because the the cliches are true. We are looking for authenticity. We are looking for human connection on a digital platform because you just have to go back to the original intention and purpose of, of why social media platforms were created and that was to connect us to one another. So ultimately, that is what we are seeking on these platforms is connection with people right? This is how we cultivate our networks. This is how we make friends with one another nowadays. This is how we attract our customers and clients. And and behind the screen, we're all real people. So the number one thing I would say is like, start turning the volume up on yourself. Start turning the brightness up on yourself. Start being more and more you online. And what does that look like? That looks like actually sharing your personality, Stop Mm -hmm. diluting yourself, right? If you swear, swear. If you are funny, be funny. If you are serious, be serious. Start showcasing different aspects and elements of yourself and your life so that people actually get to know you as a person. That's what they're seeking. That's what brings them back and keeps them coming back for more is because you're like this really entertaining TV channel full of different shows. And I always say to my clients, like, you don't need to niche, you are the niche. Mm. And everything you put out is like this amazing little sub niche that sits under your umbrella of you. And so if you were to think of yourself as like the star of the show, right, you're the star of the channel, and you publish these different TV shows, these different posts 
on your social media feed, it allows people to not only get to know who you are, what you do, how you help them, what your zones of genius, what your zones of magic are, what you're passionate about, what you're interested in. That kind of variety and that kind of depth keeps people coming back for more. And I have found the more that I really turn up the volume on who I am and really speak my mind and speak my heart and do things in my quirky little manifesto way, the more people respond. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, it's so important to be polarizing, to be, to stand for something, to have opinions, to have a perspective on things and to share that because what that does is it acts like a magnet. It's either going to attract the people who are for you or it's going to repel the ones who are not for you. And that is perfect. That is exactly what we want to be doing on socials because we don't want a massive crowd. We don't want a massive following of lukewarm people who are kind of interested in you but kind of not and are never going to take action and never going to follow through and buy from you or work with you or connect with you or whatever. I would rather have an incredible small but mighty community who move their feet when I say move. Mm, yeah. And we, this is one of those um, real fallacies, right? These real illusions of social media is that we think that it takes an enormous following in order to create a profitable business using social media, but it, it doesn't. It actually has very little to do with the numbers. You know, I've seen people with 300 followers who, who will have a five-figure launch on something because that's that's a community, right? Those people are engaged. They want to buy. They're there for a reason. Um, and even we, you know, at the moment, we're, we're running a six-figure business with 5,000 people. I've met people with 300,000 followers who struggle to sell anything at all. And that's one of those kind of veils we need to start stripping away from ourselves of your success doesn't start when you reach a certain number, your success is available for you right here. You really just need to be utilizing what you have. And I love that connection between visibility and authenticity and how that, that plays in. I also feel like that's probably one of the scariest parts for people, that authenticity. Do you find that with your clients? hundred percent. They're like terrified, right? Yeah. And I, But I was terrified too before jumping on video and like even you know coming onto this podcast with you I still had to work through some little old stories that are you know playing that sad old tune in the background because I have always hated the sound of my voice and I have like trauma from year 11 drama production where my drama teacher yelled at me in front of the whole production to project my Minnie Mouse voice that was like age 15 or whatever. And that never left me. And then whenever somebody would pull out a video camera, I would go mute because I wouldn't want to be like heard. I don't want to hear myself on a video. And then here I am as like a business and social media coach. And all of a sudden Instagram introduces Instagram stories. It was like my worst nightmare come true. Right. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, because for me, what comes really naturally is writing. I've been writing stories ever since I was a little kid. I was like a little weirdo whose idea of fun was sitting down with her parents' electric typewriter. Yes, kids, I am that old. Um, <laughs> to write stories for fun. That was my idea of fun, right? And I got perfect marks in like year 12 English and all that kind of thing because that was my jam. And so all of a sudden I'm like coaching my clients and I'm leading by example saying they need to show up, they need to be, be visible, they need to connect to their community and Instagram introduces Instagram stories. And I was like, fuck my life. So, no. <laughs> yeah. and so I was like, if anybody is, first of all, if anybody is ever going to be taking me seriously as a coach and like listening to what I say and respecting my advice, I need to walk my talk. Secondly, who is ever going to work with me? A coach is such an intimate thing to select, right? It's who's actually going to work with me if they've never seen or heard from me. And so that changed everything for me. And so what I did was I committed to showing up on Instagram stories on video once a week. That's mm. where I started. And even if it was just a 15 second video, that was it. And from there, I got comfortable with that. I got used to it. 
did the fear ever really go away? No, I still get nervous, right? But I learned how to work with it and I learned how to prepare myself and work, how I looked best on camera. I made sure that I felt really good and I was in the vibe of my message and I was in the right energy and then I would jump on and do the thing. And so from there, I just built, I built gradually. My motto always is start small and start simple so it becomes sustainable. You can become sustainably consistent with it. And then from there, you can build on top of that as you feel ready to step into the next thing. Now, I pretty much jump on Instagram stories every day and talk like it's no thing because I just treat it like a conversation. I treat it like this on my social media is an ongoing conversation between me and you and anyone who chooses to join in the conversation. Mm. I document my life. I document my business. I document what I've learned, what I've moved through, what I teach. It's, it's this whole online memoir of my life and of my journey and of my business. And if you want to be part of that, the invitation is always there and you are always welcome to be part of the conversation. Mm, That's so good. An online memoir of your journey. That is just the best way to represent it. I love it. And I love your voice. You know, when you said that, it, it made me smile because this is just such a common thing. I think for everyone, this is part of a human experience, particularly for manifestors, this usually centers around our voice because that's our key asset, right? Like that's, that's our megaphone. That's our power source, our voice. And in this human experience, what happens for us is that the areas that are our greatest power, the areas that are our greatest asset on the flip side are always the areas of our greatest wound always the areas of our greatest hurt and our greatest trauma. And, you know, these, these situations, these occurrences, like a drama teacher saying one stupid thing to you that wounds you, it splinters, it sticks in and it stays because that's the antithesis to your power. And often I find that manifestors are, are journeying through that with something around their voice, right? Being told we're too much or being told we're not enough. Or I, I even, you know, remember when I first came into the online space, much like you, I started in blogging, right? For me, I did blogging because I wanted to hide because I had come out of um, where I live. It was a, a very, very popular, very well-known business. It was a, a brand empire that we ran in our shop. Um, we had, you know, online, we had wholesale. It was a, a whole thing. And when I left that, like people knew my name people knew my face, they knew my identity. And moving away from that, I took a long time to step back and to rest and to recover. And I wanted to start business again, but I wanted to be invisible. I didn't want anyone to know my name, to know my face. It had been such a painful experience to be so exposed and to have everybody think that they knew exactly what's occurring. Tip number one, you never know what's happening in someone's business. What you see on the outside is never what's occurring behind the scenes. Um, And I, you know, I think that naturally as manifestors, that's what we do. We go, well, this is where I'm wounded around my voice. There's something wrong with it in some way, shape or form. It's not, it's not good enough. It's not acceptable. And so I'm going to find this pocket where I can hide comfortably, where I can expand enough. So it feels like I'm you know, trailblazing. I'm taking a new path. I'm doing things in my own way, but also it's safe and it's comfortable. For me, that did look like blogging. And when I then moved into the business coaching space, um, initially before moving into human design, my greatest fear was that I thought I have an Australian accent and no one's going to like it. (laughs) No one's going to take me seriously because the whole online space is saturated with Americans and I don't sound like that. So I don't sound professional. I don't sound like I know what I'm talking about. And when I used to say that to my, my clients back when I did coaching, everyone thought it was ridiculous because they were like, but I came to you because of your accent. It magnetized me. It drew me in. Um, And I think that's like, we need to come back to this whenever we experience this sense of, I want to be invisible. I'm afraid of this, or I want to not use my voice. I want to hide behind writing, or I want to, you know, like not show up on video, or I can't say what I really think about things, or even I can't talk for as long as I want to talk for. I have to keep it short 
and sharp and snappy because people don't want to listen to everything that I have to say. When we have it, have those experiences, it's it's the red flag that says what's on the other side of this. Because if you're in this fear right now, it's the wound. What's on the other side of your wound? That's where your power. Do the damn thing that you're afraid of, right? Start utilizing that as as something that's an asset and something that you can leverage. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it just reminded me of this analogy that I shared in um, the last group program that I ran and it was called Empowered. And um, it just came to me that I just saw this vision of all of us coming to this giant dining table. We were all invited to this dinner party and we're all being seated around this giant dining table and we've all been asked to bring a dish. Mm -hmm. And we all have our signature dish. We all have our signature dish and we each bring something different to that dining table. And when we place it all down next to all the other dishes that have been brought to the table, what we have in front of us is this incredible feast. Mm. We have this ability and this opportunity to be able to sample and to taste and to get a feel for what everybody else has brought to the table. And we get to share what we've brought to the table and other people get to enjoy what we have brought to the table. And I think it's so important that you really own your signature dish because it's not going to look like hers. It's not going to look like his. It's not going to look like theirs. And that's the whole point. Mm. That's the whole point. We've all been put on this earth for different reasons and different missions. We all have different gifts and talents and skill sets and, and magic to share with one another. And it's when we share it and it becomes this interactive experience of all of these different things and people and, and, and magic taking place, like that is what it's all about. And I don't want to go onto social media. I don't want to open up Instagram and see same, 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 same. Like, I don't want to be served up. Like, I love banana bread, but I don't want banana bread 24-7, right? I don't want it for every fucking meal. So give me some variety, right? I want, yeah, I want a smoothie. I want avocado on toast. I want bacon. I want, I want the whole shebang. Give me the whole buffet. Give me the whole dining table, mm, right? Yeah. But I can only get that when we're all sharing what it is that we are here to share. Mm, it reminds me of potluck dinners, right? Yeah. I really kind of go back to like that, that trend through like the 70s and 80s where people would do roaming potluck dinners. Right? <laughs> That's the picture that gets shown to me. Like let's all visit different places and different tables and different dishes and you know, part of the beauty of, of being Australian is that we have a really multicultural nation here, right? We have a big, big immigration pool. We have a very big country. We've got lots of space. We have a lot of refugees that come in and it creates a very, very multicultural space that we live in. And, and I love that. I love that because we have all of these different ways of speaking, all of these different cuisines, all of these different ways of dressing, all of these different cultural values. Um, you know, I worked in events management for a very long time, seeing the different ways that people got married and people had family gatherings. You know, there is beauty and there is wonder in this complexity of being authentic and just doing things the way that feel correct for you rather than trying to do it the way that everybody else is doing it. You're right. We don't all want banana bread. We all want something different. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. And, you know, that's what I feel like oh, is a really big piece of my work in this lifetime is just being that mirror and like being that magic finder who just reminds people of their unique talents, their unique gifts, what it is that makes them so incredibly individual and so incredibly special. Like that's I find myself as like this little, you know, with a little magnifying glass and a little toolkit. It's like, let's chip away. Let's see what's there. What else you got? What can you show me? And then I can reflect back to you. Like, you're amazing. And this is what you need to be bringing to the world. It's like, I can spot the gaps. I can see your magic. I can like, I can see the path in front of you. 
like for me, I really feel like that. It, that's my gift as a manifester is like I can look at you and I can just see where your talents and your gifts and everything intersects and how you can turn that into an offering, a business, how you can transform and supercharge your social media presence. Like I can see it all. And, you know, that's why I think the coaching industry is booming the way it is and the personal development industry, professional development industry, like it's all intertwined. It's all the same thing, really. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Uh, I think that's why it's booming and it's only going to continue to grow because we are human and we forget. So we need to be reminded of our brilliance and our genius and our magic all the freaking time. So that's why people like me exist and this industry exists because we're all, we're all treading this path together. We're walking side by side and we just need a little nudge every now and then to remind us, Hey, you're pretty freaking awesome and you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Share more of yourself with the world, please. Yeah, I'm into that. And the beauty of being around um, manifestors is that a manifestor will initiate you into it, right? I always say to people in my space, especially as a, as a four, six, you know, we have this like relational connection ability with people. Um, and I say to all these people in my spaces, hang out with me long enough and I'll initiate you into changing your whole fucking life. Like, <laughs> if you stay in my energy, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even intend to do it. It's just what's going to occur. Oh, no, I'm here um, to blow your mind and rock your socks <laughs> off and, like, turn your world upside down and just, like, light a firecracker under you. Like, just you wait. You will never be the same. Yeah, like, you can't stay still when you're around me. You can't be stagnant. You're not going to be no. the same in six months of us spending time together. And um, that's just this, like, the dynamite stick. Yeah, I think we're activators. Always. We are activators. And that's what I say to people. I have an activating energy. So if you're ready to move, you need to come to me. Mm-hmm. If you're not ready to move, you're going to move anyway. <laughs> right. Get ready to move. Yeah. Because Get this ready. is what we're you doing. You may as well just put your sneakers on and just like be prepared. <laughs> it's going to happen, right? I'm informing you. This yeah. is what's going to happen. Get on board, right? Or, okay. or leave. That's, those are your two options. <laughs> so good. So manifestor. Can you talk to us about storytelling online and and why that's important and particularly how can manifestors use that? Oh, my God. Storytelling is everything because connection is the cornerstone of any successful business. And how do we connect? We connect through our stories. Stories are the way that we understand each other. It's the way that we learn from one another. It's the way that we grow together. And every time we tell a story, we are casting a thread out into the world, a thread of connection that somebody else can grasp and grab hold of and feel that vibrational energy between you and them. That's what creates connection online. And storytelling is the best way of doing that, of creating that. And so what I would highly suggest is that everybody becomes a story collector Don't just be a storyteller, become a story collector. So start paying attention to your life. Start paying attention to the conversations that go on around you. Start collecting these moments, like pay attention to the pivotal moments in your life journey, your business journey, your relationship journeys. Start collecting all of these moments and these stories and then start digging for the learnings, the lessons and the meaning in them. Because it's one thing to tell a story for storytelling's sake. It's another thing to tell a story that gives somebody a gift. Mm. When you tell a story that switches from I to you, you give somebody something in that moment. You give them something to take away and to not only remember you by, but it then has an impact in their lives. So what is the meaning or the learning or the lesson in every single story that you are sharing? Because when you find that, you find the gold. And that's what transforms a storyteller. Mm. And I think we, we only need to look as far as this booming industry of like memoir self-help books, right, that we've got now. They, they are on the highest trajectory of all literature. And it's because it is. It is this storytelling with the potency of a lesson that captures people in, that transforms them, that makes people feel united together, right? I'm not just enjoying hearing somebody else's story. I'm growing and I'm changing as, as I'm hearing that. Um, and again, that, that link back to that authenticity, that willingness to express yourself online, storytelling can be challenging, 
online because it calls you to be honest. It calls you to be really open. That can feel really exposing. Um, Absolutely. But it's, you know, it's, it's very empowering. Absolutely. It's very validating. Absolutely. And there is a reason why the most vulnerable posts on social media get the most engagement. Yeah. If you have been on social media long enough, you will, I bet you would be able to recall at least one post where you hesitated to hit publish because you're like, oh, this feels really raw. This, this feels really vulnerable to share this. I'm not sure I want to, I want to share this with the world, but then you hit publish anyway and whoop, the people flock to it. Yeah. You get all of these messages, you get all of these comments, you get all of these responses. Why? Because it was authentic, mm. because it was honest, because it was your perspective, your experience, and you dared to share it with the world and the world felt it. Mm. Yeah. In terms of human design charts, I mean, for, for anybody with um, throat gates, if you have a gate 56 defined in your throat or a gate 35, those are natural storytelling gates, right? So if you're a manifester with either of those gates, storytelling is going to come really naturally and really easily for you. And you probably just need to give yourself permission to do it more and, and to really um, capture the tone and capture the vocabulary and the way that you want to paint these pictures. But even without either of those gates, I think for manifestors, storytelling is just this really artistic form of informing for us, yeah? It's this ability to say, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to let you in behind this closed door. I'm going to let you see what my experience was or what my experience is and what I feel about it and what I think about it and what I learned through this and what I think that you can learn. But I get to, if I tell it as a story, I get to paint the picture of it as well. I get to bring you into that present moment with me. Um, and so often I think that we really get challenged to, to feel like, no, I, I need to be like educational, right? I need to be like systematic and I need to just transfer the information that's, that's necessary and exactly what people need to hear. And um, it's almost manipulative doing that, right? We want to engage people into a particular response or into a particular outcome. And what I have loved about, you know, weaving storytelling into to my work and my social media content is that there's this kind of lightness to it. There's this, this freedom to it of, yes, I can educate you. And yes, I can teach you about these things because that's valuable and that's important to me. But also I want you to see me in this process, right? Without, without always having to put my face out there right I used to all the time and now now I've stepped away from it because I don't feel like I need to do it anymore because people get an understanding of what my voice is through through the way that I write um, and through other aspects but uh, you know I think that for manifestors we just need to take ownership of this ability to tell stories yeah we are we're craftspeople where people want to listen when you talk so like make it entertaining yeah. Make it entertaining. Absolutely. And I honestly, I think storytelling is one of the most honest forms of education. Mm. It's one mm. of the most honest ways you can educate somebody because what you're doing is you're offering up your perspective. And like you said, there is a lightness to it because when we tell a story, we bypass the critical faculty of our conscious to subconscious brain, right? Our conscious brain takes, takes a moment to like have a breather and we dive straight into the subconscious brain because storytelling is actually a form of hypnosis. When we tell a story, the other person is either imagining themselves in the story or they're recalling a similar experience of their own. Either way, they're in it. So mm -hmm. we have, it's, it's a form of hypnosis, right? We bypass the critical faculty, we're into the subconscious, which means that people are more open and receptive to the message that you want to share. And so, you know, if you want to be funny, be funny. If you want to be heartfelt, be heartfelt. Respect the message. Respect the energy of the message and deliver it as such. So therefore, that's going to affect the language that you use, the way that you tell the story, the way that you structure the post or the podcast episode or whatever the piece of content is that you're creating. And that's going to create an emotion and, and a feeling for that other person on the other end. And so that's what you really need to get clear on is like, 
what is the intention of this piece of content? What do I want them to think? How do I want them to feel? And what do I want them to do with this? Mm. Right? And that's why I am so like, I will talk about this to the cows come home. Your content is your calling card. Your content is your calling card. And it is such a vital and important piece of your business, of your online presence, of the work that you are here to do. So it requires time. It requires space. It requires energy and it requires your attention. And so I would much rather everybody in this world post less but post way better quality that is a true reflection of who you are and your work, your art, your craft, your messages, like really respect it because it matters. It's how people discover you. It's how people decide whether you are for them or not. And it's what draws them into you. And then it's also what they share with other people. So is your content a reflection of how you want to be seen in this world? And if not, then go and have a look at that and like make some little tweaks here or there. I have like a bunch of different strategies and suggestions that I could throw your way, but ultimately, you know, what's right. You know, what needs attention. And if you need support, there are people out there to help you with this stuff. And I'm one of them. (laughs) Shameless (laughs) self-promotion. Do it. Take it. Yes. I love it. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. And, you know, we were having this uh, conversation in the Manifesto Mastery Certification. The students are in level two at the moment. So we're going through everything to do with being a manifester in business and talking about social media content. And the question came up about, you know, whether we should have somebody else write our content for us or whether we should do it ourselves. And I said, you know, my personal perspective is that that's that's the core of who you are as a manifester. People are drawn in from your voice, whether it's the written word, whether it's the spoken word, like a podcast, a video, a reel, a story, a caption, whatever it is, that's where people are being magnetically drawn into you. So if you're not using your voice, somebody else is trying to recreate your voice or use their own there's no magnetism. There's no, there's no, no space for people to come into. Absolutely. And that's why I think it's really important that, you know, maybe you can outsource part of it. Like you could have somebody like collate it all together for you, schedule it, make sure that it gets put out there and it gets shared across your different platforms, like the mechanics of it. Totally outsource that. But I always think that no matter who you are, you need to be connected to your content because nobody can replicate you nobody can no one has your perspective and your experience no one's lived what you've lived and so whether you consider yourself a good writer or not that doesn't matter like it's not about being grammatically perfect or structurally sound or whatever right not like doesn't matter it's about the heart it's about the essence it's about the energy of the message that it, it that you are wanting to share to create connection because it all comes back to connection mm-hmm Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) It's so good. It's so true. In full agreement. How can people work with you, Sonia, if they have been fascinated by your wisdom, which is there's so much, so much wisdom and so much knowledge and so much expertise. Um, How can people find you in online spaces and what are the ways that they can work with you and kind of get into your energy and your teaching? Absolutely. Thank you. So I hang out a lot on Instagram. That is my favorite platform. So you can find me at sonia.bavistock. So just my name. Um, I also have a free Facebook community called Work of Heart. So you can come hang out there. I do like masterclasses and share different bits and pieces in there. And then if you do want to step into my world fully, and be activated and move, then uh, I do offer coaching in different forms. So you can either have like a single coaching call with me. I have private mentoring packages. And as I shared, I am creating and running different group programs throughout the year as well. So you can always jump into one of those as well. Yeah, the space of a manifesto is always changing. <laughs> it's always something different. It's never dull. It's never no, boring. right? So whatever it is that Sonia is doing at the time that you are listening to this podcast, just jump on and check it out. <laughs> it's probably going to be something unique and something new and something really creative and powerful. Um, thank you so much for joining us and just sharing so much of your insight and so much of your knowledge. I think that this is, this kind of teaching from manifestors is so, it is activating. 
right? It is this initiating energy because people can take something from this and implement it immediately, right? Not only just being inspired by it, but saying, you know what, I, I can I can do something with this. Like you can jump on Instagram stories today and tell a story, yeah. you know, trust in that sense of magnetism, trust in that space. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Sonia, for sharing all of that with us. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Oh, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. I hope that my words, my sharing and the spiritual wisdom that came through today's episode have a magnificently transforming impact on your life. If you love this episode, I would be so humbly and truly grateful if you would share it on your social media. You can tag me on Instagram or Facebook at The Holly Marie. And also please consider taking a moment to leave a review right here on iTunes so that this information, this podcast and this spiritual transformation can be spread to even more people. Again, I cannot wait to see you for the next episode of Hunting for Purpose.